passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What is Braun Strowman doing? I am John Pollock, along with Wei Ting. It's Monday night. It's the post office. It's, I'm it, drinking it's... a water, and Wei, oh. Wei's just caffeining it up. Oh, fuck yeah. I need it. Uh, it's actually Monday night. It is Monday night. It's not actually 12 o'clock yet. We've we got seven late. minutes before we date ourselves. Yeah, you got here in record time. I know. I tried. I just raced here. Yeah. Well, Wei, I need to give you your updated neighborhood watch oh about the tim hortons no 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 this is uh going back to your festive neighbors you need to tell me about this stuff because i barely go out anymore well i'm gonna i'm giving you the update now on your neighborhood because these are the observations i made yes thank you so i told you uh, about during the holidays there was this house around way's corner that was just so decorative it had these inflatable uh santa's reindeer, a sleigh on the roof. It was just immaculate. It was my highlight driving over here at night, seeing all this lit up and these these huge inflatable figures. Mm-hmm. Then last Monday I come over and I said it was very depressing because they didn't even remove them. They just deflated all of them. So they just looked lifeless here on the guy's lawn and on his roof. But then I came back on Wrestle Kingdom night on Thursday. They had all been inflated again. What? They were back up. January? Yes. And I was like, wow, this guy's just going to keep going. He's Maybe this is a waiting phenomenon of celebrating Christmas and you just keep it running. You don't take the tree down till March. It's kind of different because for us, it's we're not necessarily, we weren't necessarily celebrating after. It was just laziness um, with not taking the the materials down. It sounds like this guy is actually going through the effort of blowing up these dolls and re-celebrating. You can't do that. But then I came tonight. Oh. And not only have they been all, the air has been let out of all of them. However, on top of that, we've been hit with some enormous wind over the last couple of days. Mm -hmm. So all of the figures have just been blown away. It looks like a drive-by had occurred on all these Santas. (laughs) And it was just like, come on, just get rid of this stuff. I don't want to see it next Monday. I think he's just got to give up now. I don't want to see these these Christmas uh, decorations that are just clinging to life in January. It's over. Let's just ring in the towel. I might have to knock on his door next week. If, Please if, do that. I might have to do it. I will it. even join you. That would only be a daytime review. I wouldn't knock on a door at night. That would yeah. be Yeah. 
Wow. That'd be like in Orlando where we almost broke into someone's house by mistake thinking it was ours. Remember that? Yeah, well, at least gun control laws are a bit safer here, so I don't think you have to worry about that. Me and Wei stayed in this uh, community where all the houses looked identical, or at least the, the blocks were all patterned. So we went to the house that just looked like ours. Mm-hmm. This was the MLW mansion. <laughs> the MLW mansion. This was the the imposter mansion. We go up, we open the door. I open the door, and there's a chain on the door. And I'm looking in, and I turn around and say, wait, this is definitely not our house. And we just split, and that could have ended way worse. They all look the same in those gated communities. Like, imagine there wasn't a chain on the door, and we go in, and there was, like, some some dog, some attack dog there, or, God forbid, somebody hmm. that uh, believed in his right to defend his property. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been it, way. <laughs> that would have sure been a much it, more I'm stunning sure, end to I'm our sure podcast. I'm sure it would have been fine. I'm sure it would have been fine. Ugh. But on that note, um, where's your where's your energy level at the moment? I had two coffees during RAW. I could talk for hours. Oh, hours! Well, this is actually my first of the day. I did have a green tea, but that clearly was not enough. So I needed you to go and fetch me this coffee. I'm also ways runner. I mean, you're you're providing neighborhood updates and you're providing me coffee. So thank you, John. I don't well, know what I do. Way is the you. big man on the totem pole. I just I do what I'm told. So you're fucking right. Yeah, I come to you. I bring you coffee. <laughs> I'm fucking great. So uh, off the top, uh, I want to mention we have gotten lots of response to our worst of 2017 show. So yeah. thank you to everyone that has uh, sought out that particular show. Always a favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume first time we've ever done it so uh i assume everyone's gonna love it for years to come but coming up this week way it's never a dull week in the world of post wrestling what's happening we're rewinding a raw as we speak Mm -hmm. then wednesday we're back with rewind a smackdown Mm -hmm. and i may have a a mini book review because i just finished the brian pillman book crazy like a fox by liam o'rourke and this book is this was there were some really good books in 2017. I talked about Jim Ross's book, Charlotte's and Ric Flair's, which was very good. Uh, Pat LaProd and Bertrand Bear had the Mad Dog Bashan book. This one was the best book of wow. 2017. This okay. is one of the best wrestling books I've ever read. It's incredible. It is tragic. And the research that this author went into, it's unbelievable. I look forward to it. I can't recommend that. this book enough. So I'm I'm doing a retroactive award, naming this my best book of 2017. Don't get into your review right now. I haven't said anything about it. That's a tease, Wade. That's a tease. You recommended it, and you called it the best book of 2017. Well, maybe. You're going to get a surprise on Wednesday. Oh, maybe maybe you'll change your mind. No, I'm going to tell you why. Oh, I'm telling you what right now. I'll tell you why on Wednesday. Got it. Um, What else? um, Wade's also going to read a book by Wednesday, and he's going to let us know about that. Yes. And then Friday, we are back with our post-wrestling cafe edition of Rewind Away as we rewind to April the 8th of 2013 mm-hmm. to review Raw, the night after WrestleMania 29. Me and Way are going to review that Raw. Then we'll be joined for a segment by our espresso executive producer, John Taylor, to explain why this show mm-hmm. of every wrestling show in history our first espresso review. Why this one? Why? I'd love to know. I've We've gotten some very interesting choices thus far, and they will be revealed in the weeks ahead, but 
uh, I can say I'm, I think a lot of people will be very happy with a lot of these choices. So that is coming up. I actually went to sit down and watch this the other day. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I thought this was the two-hour era of Raw. It was not. Oh, God. This is the three-hour era. Oh, no. So pace yourself, Way. It I is a three-hour Raw. I thought this That's was... a long time we've been doing these three-hour Raws. I thought July this... of 2012, they started. I thought this would be an easy week. Almost six years of three-hour Raws. I know. Yeah. And I feel like we're going to have this conversation a lot in two weeks when they do this uh, 25th anniversary thing. You know what's funny is a decade ago, when they'd want to do a big number, they'd do a three-hour Raw as a special thing. Yeah. Do you want to be the easiest way to do a great number? You build up- One-hour Raw. To a two-hour Raw. They did a two-hour Raw from eight till 10. Mm -hmm. That would inflate the number. You build it for weeks. Yeah. And then- you kick off a new USA Network show at 10 o'clock that's going to get that huge lead in and uh, do away with three-hour Raws forever. That's not happening, but too much money to be made. But if you want to just, for one week, do a huge number, two-hour Raw, easy. Or they could do commercial-free again. Three hours I guarantee you they'll, they'll do that again this year. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Of course. Uh, anything else of note uh, that I watched, I'm forgetting? I watched the uh, Enzo Amore straight to straight to the source with Corey Graves, so we can talk about that a little after the show. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. there was there was a lot to talk about with Enzo on this particular show. Um, oh, we should also how mention, long was it? Uh, about maybe like 20, 20 minutes. I saw the ad for it, and he was eating an apple. Yeah. You can give us your thoughts on it, but I was. I've told you the eating thing. I, I can't do it. That really. That immediately, you. I was like, I couldn't watch this. Do you talk much when you eat with people? Um, no, I'll talk, but I mean, it's if, you make sure you if someone is food. chewing, especially when it's um a non meal. You know what I mean? Like we're not sitting down like for a snack. We're sitting down for dinner. Yeah, we're gonna talk and we're eating. I understand where uh, the situation I'm at, mm-hmm. but if you are talking to me, like if you were. Just going to eat. Uh, if you were going to pull out some soup right now as we're reviewing this show, yeah, I'd leave. I'd just leave. Wow. It doesn't bother me. You could eat an apple right now. So this the interview, the apple did not hurt your enjoyment of this no, interview. No, not at all. All right. Well. Uh, oh, we should also mention, speaking of MLW from earlier in the show, we, people who didn't make it all the way through our Christmas show, uh, we will be hosting our live podcast at this year's Wale Mania. We will be there on Thursday, April the 5th at Republic N-O-L-A. I have no idea. That's what it's called, okay. but I don't know if I you should. call it I should NOLA. Know. Yeah. Um, we are going to be there. Wale Mania. They're yeah. going to have a, pod, a live podcast that you and I are hosting. I have no idea who we're going to be speaking to, but we hope to see many of you down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll, it'll be a lot be fun. of fun. So there you go. A lot go. of people have been asking us if we're part of a meet and greet. I don't know if that, I don't know if we are. I didn't agree to any meet and greet. I mean, like, you can meet and greet us there. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I guarantee if you show up yeah. at this, you'll meet us. Yeah. And we will greet you. Yeah. I don't think it's like, I don't think it has to be any type of formal thing yes. to meet and greet us. We're hardly that hard to find. I haven't decided about the hug gimmick again. I oh. did that last year and that, that carried over to future <laughs> events as well. But anyway, hmm. uh, we've got the green light, so we are ready to go. We don't know if that's the theme this year. We what, don't know what Flow Rider song will it be this year? That's the question. Um, I'd love. I would answer you if I knew any other Flow Rider song. Um, but uh, we don't even know if we're going to Mania itself this year. 
I don't really want to go to I don't really want to. Year. I would kind of like to just watch it at uh, wherever we're staying, and you and I do a show right yeah. after with whoever we're with. I really look forward to just simply being down there for everything almost outside of WrestleMania. Yeah, so. I, I did not enjoy going to WrestleMania last year, and I know that maybe sounds spoiled, but if you saw the setup me and Way had... You wouldn't have... Uh, oh, I snuck out. I, oh, yeah, you left. You were smart. Yeah, I enjoyed myself. I had fun. to do work, and it was very problematic. I, I was doing work. I was taking mental As Wei took photos of me <laughs> in the back area in front of a big wall on the network. Yeah. Watching Raw... Wa- I was watching WrestleMania on the network. I know. John came all, went all the way to, uh, where was it, Florida, Orlando last year to watch WrestleMania on his laptop. And Jackie Redman saved the day by going to... She had tickets on the floor or something so she emptied her seat in the oh. press box because i wasn't given a desk well i wasn't given anywhere to work well so hey probably reasons for that yeah <laughs> well are we ready to get into raw mm-hmm. when ryan's when it's time to begin it's on the rewind of raw with john pollock and waiting the 18 that makes sense that these things we see in the ring every week on tv it's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's Rewind a Rock for Monday night on USA now on the John and Way take the mic. Memphis, Tennessee. The FedEx Forum. Would this show deliver? By the way, off the top, uh, John Cena is being advertised after the Rumble for every Raw leading into WrestleMania. He's also advertised for the Raw Elimination Chamber show, which is February 25th, and he's also listed on the uh, the Fast Lane show, which is the SmackDown show in March in Columbus wow. for an appearance. So, Getting their looks, mileage out of him. It looks like he will be a regular performer post-Rumble all the way in through WrestleMania, which... If you are looking at things, hey, ah, we'll get into this later about directions for John Cena, but I think that's worth noting that he mm-hmm. should be around for quite a lot, and a lot coming out of Rumble. Roman Reigns started the show. He came out, and they were really playing up this war he had with Samoa Joe last week. And he said that after all the hype, he thought Joe would be ready for him. He wasn't. He was silenced. And Reigns was fighting for a purpose, that being his brother, Dean Reigns. And when you mess with a member of the Shield, you mess with all of them. What's so funny? Did I say something? No. You have this grin on your face. This like is you. how I look, man. No, you definitely have something. You're waiting. You're <laughs> waiting. I have no. I really don't. Jason Jordan came out with the same look on his face as Way had with this goofy grin. And he says he had goosebumps during Reigns' match with Joe last week. And it's just like you said. When someone messes with one of us, they mess with all of us. And... He says this is Reigns' yard, and he wants to thank Reigns as he puts his fist out. And Jason Jordan, just his just assumption that he's part of the group, I, I played like, to the tilt here. Oh, I, I like that dynamic a lot. I think he's funny. And it's almost as though Reigns and Rollins, they, they're just puzzled by this guy, but they actually don't want to fully break it to this guy. Like, they have a modicum of sympathy for this fool. Hmm. Yes. Who clearly has separation anxiety, given that his his father ditched him for most of his life. And now, first he has no father for all of his life, and now he thinks he has brothers. Right. You're you're kind of writing that backstory for him. I'm doing them a lot of favors here. They haven't really made that connection yet. Uh, But it's kind of played more for comedy at the moment. Um, Yeah, I wonder where it's headed. Rollins comes out. 
He says, Jordan has a lot to learn about timing. And this is Roman's moment. Jordan says, this is our moment. They are all champions. They run this show. Jordan says, they aren't the shield, but they are pretty good. And they are the most dominant three-man group in the WWE. Which prompts Finn Balor to come out with Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. As Balor asks if Jordan really thinks they're part of the most dominant three-man group. He's been running with Gallows and Anderson for 10 years since Jordan knew Kurt Angle uh, longer than uh, he knew Kurt Angle was his dad. And Anderson plugs the WWE Network special on Balor about their history. And they chose to stand alone when they arrived in the WWE. They won the Raw Tag Titles. Balor became the first Universal Champion. Eventually, they knew they would come together and take over. And 2018 is the year of the Balor Club. Jordan says, well, we're part of the Champions Club. And Reigns and Rollins look so embarrassed at this guy calling them the Champions Club. Oh, they gave a great look of just embarrassment. Balor calls them by their nicknames. But when they get to Jordan, call him a nerd. And Jordan has to be restrained. Kurt comes out. Says they already have a great show planned, but as the general manager, I've left the last half hour of this show totally blank. And you guys are going to fill in that slot and be the main event. So, Way, three weeks ago you suggested Finn Balor and the Balor Club coming together. The next week they did it. Then last week you said, well, now you can eventually build to a Shield versus Valor Club six-man down the road. At SummerSlam. At SummerSlam. <laughs> and they did it a week wow. later. They have followed your booking two weeks in a row. What is going to yes, happen next, dude, Way? I, I basically created the can, can they book uh, Valor winning the IC title from Reigns at like Survivor Series, and that happens next week before the Miz match? What's going to happen? Hey, listen, if it comes to me, it comes to me. I'll let you know. Wow. Listen, I thought that this was something that would hold off, but then again, it's this is not really the shield, you know? It's it's an opportunity when you have this semi-shield to give the Balor Club a strong win while continuing to tell this Jason Jordan story that they're trying to tell. I, I thought it was nice to pair this Balor Club off right away with uh, the shield or this... Again, the semi-shield to establish the Bull Club at that level. I think it finally provides now Finn Balor and Gallows and Anderson an opportunity to actually speak and have a stage where people will pay attention. This promo that they did today almost acted like a reintroduction to the audience. Hey, remember we did this? Remember this guy? He he won the championship. We won championships too. We're actually big deals. Um it also allowed Balor to show a bit of a cockier side of his personality. Oh, Balor was so much better here. This is the Which, first thing he's had like to sink his teeth into. Yeah, yeah. The first bit of character that I think he 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 felt comfortable and felt like felt natural playing, rather than you know all the demon stuff and, and all the prior to this, the Balor Club was simply this kind of idea, you know. If you're a fan of me, you're a part of the Balor Club. Everybody's in the Balor Club. It didn't take much to get into it. The tinglings. Yes. So now, um, you know, it feels like he's hanging out with friends. It feels like he's playing something that he played before. Um, they did a secret handshake type of thing. Did you see that? With no. Him and Gallows, or him? Yeah. Uh, sorry, him and uh, Carl Anderson, where like they were talking, and then they do kind of this like weird high five. And then Finn just, like, cracks up afterwards. Um, 
And it almost felt like they were daring each other to do something stupid and goofy on TV just to amuse themselves. I feel like a lot of this angle is kind of like that because they're probably like looking at these lines and they're thinking, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about like us hanging out in Japan 10 years ago, like over and over again. Like I'm sure they find a lot of this ridiculous, but you know, I don't know. There, there, there are definitely some complaints about the way they've handled uh, all this stuff, but at the very least, it is certainly an improvement for all three men involved. I think the, the end justifies the means, but even the way they just out of nowhere just had this montage of photos of them, it was yeah, like, I know. this could have been built for a long time, but these guys don't have a long time. No, they're Russian. They, they need this badly, I so I think that we can accelerate this by warp speed. <laughs> it's just amusing because like, they feel the need to really let people know that these guys knew each other prior. <laughs> they, trust us, they're friends. We worked together yeah, before. Here's some photo evidence. They actually knew each <laughs> See? other. See? We didn't make this up. They're actual friends. <laughs> uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks took on Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville, so Paige was not uh, back in the ring this week. Cole notes the importance behind being the very first winner of the inaugural Women's Royal Rumble. That's pretty important, isn't it? He almost equated it to Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah, but you could also have just said the winner of the inaugural Women's Battle Royal. Of course you're going to be the first winner of the inaugural anything. Okay, good I mean, catch. It's, just, it's nice. a double positive. What are you, here. Grammarly here? Oh, dude, I was nitpicking the shit out of Michael Cole <laughs> on this show. When you're watching live, this stuff just jumps at you. Yeah, uh, they went through a commercial break. We come back, and Michael Cole informs us this is a tag team match. Rose gets. What, what, what do you have to? I just, I mean, come on. Like, Why do you have to how much? That? Here's my hand. Please guide me through this show. Are these women? Who are these women? How do you win this match again? Is it a five count or a three? When you're, when you're a commentator, you want to set the scene. And sometimes, they, what about your... Uh, you watch about? the next time we come back from break and he says, this is a singles match. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Do you have an announcer? So, do you realize... There are... I don't need to be told everything. These are just words. You're just filling me with okay. words. What about blind viewers? Blind viewers? Yeah, they're people who don't, who can't see, who listen to the show. And how would they know what type of match it was? They or... can hear the footsteps in the ring. They know that they are oh, that, that, that right? many feet. Rose gets slapped by Sasha, knocks Deville off the apron, and is dropped with a knee from Rose. Sonia comes in, and her hair was down, which prompted Lance Storm to ask, can she square up because she doesn't have her hair up? Her hair was down. That's her tagline. Hair up and square up. Oh. So, I thought maybe hair down so she can throw down. Ah. But this built to a spot... Where she put her hair up in mid-sequence and oh. went on the attack. Well, then that's So why. it's done by design. Understood. She okay. starts with her hair down. Yeah. It's, w- w- instead of hulking up, she's hairing up. She's hairing up, yeah. yes. Okay. So this has to lead to a hair match down the road. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Or maybe Shayna Baszler will come in and shave her head. That could be a big deal. Yeah, an act of contrition, to be sure. Banks sold forever. Yeah. S- Sonia Suzuki. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's a double clothesline spot. Banks crawls, roses and stops her, knocks Bailey to the floor. DeVille snaps Banks on the middle rope behind the ref's back. Bailey then comes in, takes DeVille to the floor. And then out of nowhere, Banks just catches Mandy into the bank statement. And she pins at 10.55 with the story that Mandy had this one, this match one. She made one critical error and she was caught. It was Okada Naito all over again. And yeah, 10.55. I thought a fine tag match. Yeah, I thought it was all right. Yeah, I, I mean, um, it was interesting that uh, they're so focused on Mandy Rose. She took like 90% of the ring time in this match. And I'm impressed by her strength. She actually looks like she's built for professional wrestling. I think she is somebody who they're clearly going to strap the rocket to, but I think she'll do much better in that position than somebody, say, like an Eva Marie, who they were also seem- seemingly as enthralled by. Yeah, I think Mandy's ahead of where evil was at the mm-hmm. same stage even even the, the the character stuff i think she's doing much better i also like her being in a tag and it's there mm-hmm. isn't a women's tag division because i don't think she's ready for yeah. a big single like doing 10 minutes on her own Clearly. i think you're pushing her way too fast but being in a tag i think that pl- that allows both to develop mm-hmm. and i i think that they're in a they're in such a better spot than uh the riot squad yeah by comparison which is going to be the natural comparison yep our classic rock clip was of Mankind visiting Vince McMahon in the hospital with Yerpel the, the Clown, which was in October of 1998, almost 20 years ago. That was Damn. a long time ago, that bedpan spot. And the anniversary show is going to be presented to us by Carl's Jr. and Hardy's. Carl's Jr. and Hardy's. I think it's the same thing. Yeah, they have the same logo. Yeah, I, I don't. We don't uh, even have those in Canada at all, have, do we? We have one Carl's Jr. I think, or I think we have one. I no, think we have a church. We used chick- to have one down where the HMV was on Queen Street, on yes. Queen West. Yes, there yes. was. I don't know if it's still there. It's I don't not, think it is. It's not there anymore. So it didn't last long. No, I think uh, maybe Canadians prefer their own fast food brands at this point. Um, why? What? I mean. I guess I guess one is more like chicken and the other is more like burgers. I have no idea. Never been inside never one. Been never tried one. one. Never. Okay. Can't well. tell you anything about Carl's Jr. Huh. So then we go to the announcers who are just casually chatting about this anniversary show and stated that it's pretty much safe. Yeah, the Dudleys will be there. APA will be there. Just like that, the Dudleys. There was actually a whole uh, video. The video would air later, yeah. but this was the first announcement that the right. Dudleys were going to be on. So mm-hmm. uh, Bubba, who's fresh off his retirement match. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize. That final battle. Yeah, well, uh, Devon, looks, Devon works back there. Oh, Devon works there. That's yeah. no problem. But doing, it, it's interesting they're doing them at the anniversary show. Mm-hmm. I almost think you have to do something with them at the Rumble in Philadelphia. I hear they're rumored for the Hall, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Yeah. So maybe this is... Maybe they'll do something. Because to me, I mean, you just did Bubba at the last Philadelphia Rumble as mm-hmm. the surprise where R-Truth played Devon. Now you have both of them. It would seem like a fit to put them on. I don't think they, I don't necessarily expect anything in ring. Simply because, yes, they they already did the Rumble thing. And also, there are so many other tag teams that why, why would you kind of confuse the audience by bringing this nostalgia act that will clearly get over more so than a lot of acts you're trying to build at the moment. Well, that's what the rumble is, though. It's nostalgia pops. We, you know, we just got that two years ago, I think. Three. Three years ago now? Three years. I still think that's too soon. Well. They could, absolutely. But they have a lot of names to choose from. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Cedric Alexander is in the locker room, and Goldust shows up dressed as Mickey from 
the Rocky movies and starts quoting him about eating thunder and crapping lightning. Alexander then says his dream has been to become a champion in the WWE. People laughed at him, and he's this close to making his dream come true of winning the WWE Cruiserweight Divisional Championship. I'm trying to remember if he had won it already. Because it feels like that whole he did not, but yeah. had, had already won it. Go ahead and name the Cruiserweight Champions. I'm going to try my There best. haven't even been that many, let me, but try. Let me try it, let me try it, okay. Because I, I was actually pay, paying attention. Okay, so we got TJP. Yep. Brian Kendrick won it off of him. And then after that, it was Swan. Swan won. Okay, and then who won it off of Swan? Neville? Yes. And then it was Enzo. And then... Enzo Cal- lost it briefly Kalisto. to Kalisto. And then... Enzo won Enzo. it back. Fuck. Well, there you I'm go. That's fucking, your that's your lineage. I'm an expert. Yes. What a, yeah, what a history. What a dream. Uh, well, this is what you base your dreams around. And he's this close to making his dream come true. Goldust says there's only one thing in his way, and it's not Enzo. It's himself. He's in control, not them. And then he starts, like, keeling over coughing from doing this impression. I thought he was doing, like, uh, suffering from the Vince McMahon voice, which... I've suffered from in the past here. Yes, you have. It seemed like he was... I don't know what was this was. Was this a Rocky thing? Like, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Was like... I, I mean, know. I don't think Mickey died from, from yelling, Fine. so... Yeah, okay. Anyway, whatever this was. It's it's uh, it's kind of surprising to see them give Cedric this type of yeah somewhat of a of a of a push here, trying to get his personality out there, uh, because a few weeks ago he seemed like he was going to be a complete afterthought behind Drew Gulak, behind Enzo, uh, and now it seems like he's kind of lined up to. I don't know if he'll 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 beat Enzo, but it certainly feels like this whole Goldust thing is designed to help him get over then they cut to a gold dust facebook video and he's applying his paint and they time lapsing yes and then we cut to alicia fox who was not time lapsing she was just walking and then walked in on gold dust to announce that she is his partner so, and I, I almost got the feeling that this was how Goldust legitimately found out Alicia Fox I, was his partner. I think that's the... Because his reaction was yeah, a real reaction. I think that was all these videos. They were filming them live as they were hearing about their partners for the first time. Mm-hmm. And you got Goldust's reaction. You got Miz's reaction. Uh, Goldust seemed legit surprised at Fox surprising him. And that's... It's kind of... It's still interesting to me to see like wrestlers out of character because I think wrestlers even when they're being interviewed anytime they know that they're in front of a camera they know when to be on and my favorite is still the draft when AJ and uh, Anderson and Gallows realize they've been drafted elsewhere sure yeah and I think it's great I think it's Gallows going to AJ like yeah or AJ is just is this real? He's actually sad. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. I know. So it's always nice to see like those little glimpses of like when they're genuinely surprised and they they feel like real people. And uh, so this kicks off next Tuesday, which as we had talked about back when this happened, like this is a U.S. only um, Facebook w- watch is only available in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm sure it's not going to be hard to find afterwards. It's only going to be 20 minute episodes as well. So yeah. we'll find it somehow. We'll I feel it's it. not going to be too hard to find. So yeah. we will uh, we will hunt it down next week and at least watch the first week. At least the first week. Let's commit to that. Yeah. Uh, and, and not necessarily anything after because if 205 Live was any indication. I'll tell you where my oh, even last week, like yeah. there are weeks we don't review 205 Live anymore. I always go back and watch it. I didn't even get around to watching it last week. That's where 205 Live has fallen to me at wow. such a level. I don't think there's even any, nothing, there's nothing noteworthy about it. I skimmed through. I knew TJP was back. Great. Mm-hmm. That was it. Matt Hardy comes out to his new theme. It starts off with a piano and then it goes into like this, like, well, for lack of a better term, and it, like this rock anthem and... What what's is very what's like with that this dramatic term? like uh, production with, music? What's wrong with that term? Rock. Rock. The rock? You mean nothing? No. No, I don't get it. Okay. Um, no, to tell and me. we get tell the sound bite no, off no, the top no, of. Sorry, so what do you mean? It's just an anthem joke. Oh, anthem. <laughs> oh, got it. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, so new music. I like the song. But they use the old Titantron. They use the Hardy Boys Titantron. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, it's the Hardy Boys logo. And I'm like, they've had three weeks to, to, to prepare for this. I know I know. Matt Hardy's been coming out to this music on house shows for a while now. But they... Couldn't it, they have just put his face in the like million blo- boxes that they showed? That could that, be it. Easy. Done. Like, but instead, they 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 must have maybe they lost the file. Somebody like had a hard drive crash and they lost the Titantron, perhaps. But they they ended up only using the Hardy Boys thing, and it felt really really off. I really wish I was at those house shows where he was coming out in this character to the Hardy's theme. I really want to see this guy come out to that theme. Mm. Uh, there's an insert promo. He's in the Rumble. He will delete 29 other stars and go to Mania and become champion of the multiverse. The, they, the Rumble of royalty. The Rumble of royalty. Uh, he took on Owen 152, Kurt Hawkins. He ran Hawkins head into the turnbuckle. Side effect, there's a delete sign. And as he sets up for the twist of fate, Graves goes control, alt, delete in the sequence of Hardy hitting this maneuver. Is that the name of, of the new name? That's or? what I got from Graves. I, I like it. It's, I mean, the twist of fate doesn't really work. So why not change it? And he won in a minute 55. It's actually a chance for him to debut a new move, I'd say. With that name, but it's fine. Delete, yeah. delete DT. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, you know who can be coming retu- uh, back as his new uh, valet? Okay. Delita. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. That's really fucking good. <laughs> I thought you knew uh, where I was going. No, with that I actually one. didn't know. I'm off today. I'm sorry. You, you've had, oh, you've had some good ones. Um, <laughs> you know she'll be there. She'll be at the Rumble for sure. I don't think she'll be in the Rumble. You don't think so? I don't know if she can do a match. Really? Because of this her is ne- not her a real stuff. match, though. Uh, I don't know. She has to Maybe the top uh, like if physically, if she can be, if physically she can, mm. um, I'm sure she would. That's the video I want to see: is Rebby and, and Lita. Oh boy, hanging out. Anyway. Uh, just a quick squash here. Nothing really noteworthy about the match. It no. Was, it was a Mad Hardy match. So Bray shows up in the ring, the lights go out, and they just laugh in each other's face over and over. Wouldn't it be great if that was a mixed tag team? Bray 
No, no, Matt and Delita. Matt and Delita. Yeah, that'd be great. Surprise! No. <laughs> We're on Facebook Live. Here's your partner. Oh, God. Oh, jeez, I got <laughs> That'd it. That'd be the best. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, th- this was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bray, Bray is here. And? And they, they, they laughed in each other's face. Like, they just kept laughing and laughing and laughing, and then we went to commercial, and that was it. This sucked. It was yet another week where nothing happened. Even... There's just simply like not. Well, when can they get to something? If they're waiting for the next pay per view, that's end of February. They're gonna be in the Rumble together. There's plenty they could do. This is Matt Hardy. This is Broken Matt Hardy, the character that they fought so hard to obtain. Now you have the character. All you're doing is just diluting this guy to to a laugh track. Yeah, the the possibilities should be limitless with a character like this in a feud like this. And yet they've all they've chosen to do is just this, which. I mean, there's there's just been no movement in this plot to get me at all interested. Uh, everything fun about this Matt Hardy character seems to be stripped away down to this one thing that that I guess maybe Vince has, has hooked himself on. And that's, oh, this guy's weird. He laughs. He loves to laugh. He's a laughing guy. Um, it's just like it's missing all the... All the dressing that's surrounding it, the video packages, the side characters, the background music, everything that that made the character more interesting than what it simply was. Like, if this character was the one that debuted on Impact, I doubt that it would be this popular. So, I, I, I continue to be disappointed, unfortunately. I feel like they have a limited reserve of these delete chants from this crowd, and it's only going to, going to be a matter of time before they get worn out by, by all this as well. Elias is in the ring after the break, and he starts playing, and he ends by saying, Come on! That was good. And he gets the crowd to chant when he asks what WWE stands for. And then he starts singing about it being Elvis's birthday. And he starts off by stating February the 8th. And there were a few boos. And I can't imagine they all picked up on this. But then he stops and he restarts to say January 8th, which oh. is the date and Elvis's birthday. And... Just keeps going. Like, you would really have to be paying attention to catch this. He was pretty seamless here. And he ends up introducing the Miz. And then Elias just disappeared in the thin air. He was gone. And Mi- No complaints. Like, <laughs> this was what he's best at. This type of thing. And then <laughs> going away before the match. This crowd was genuinely happy to see the Miz yeah. and his hair return. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was with Dallas and Axel. And he asks, did you miss me? And they all cheered. He thanked Dallas and Axel for keeping his memory while he was gone. Axel then calls 2017 the best of his life. Every day was Mizmus, and he thanks Miz. Dallas said having his wisdom was like winning the Mizzies every day. And they start saying, thank you, Miz, over and over. And they present him with a framed photo. And then they're trying to one-up each other by handing off. Axel gives him his sports coat. Dallas gives him his watch. Miz then takes over. He says in 2017... He held the IC title for 200 days, elevated Dallas and Axel's careers, elevated Raw and SmackDown, was Rolling Stone's superstar of the year, but he didn't forget about this as he shows the shield attacking him two months ago and taking him out of action. He allowed Reigns to borrow his IC title so it could be represented each week while he was gone. He says that the champion is the one that makes the title and daddy's home. In 2018, he will have his daughter. He's going to win back the IC title. He said that he is going to 
become the longest reigning and single greatest IC champion of all time, which he would need a 99-day title reign to eclipse Pedro Morales for the most most days ever with the title. Hmm. So that is where uh, he stands. And people will think of him alongside the ultimate warrior, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, but eventually only think of him with this title. Nobody thinks of Bret, Shawn, or Warrior as prominent IC champs, though. Um, who do you think of? Honky. Pat Patterson. Kurt Hennig. Sure. Roddy. Yeah. I, I don't sit back really and daydream about well, IC champions, about so I don't know. But I, I mean, I'm just saying of all the names he could have, he could have pulled out. Uh, uh, he says that Reigns, uh, Reign, God, the Reign of Reigns is coming to an end. Hmm. That's a tongue twister. Yeah, it is. Well, uh, I thought a good promo, man. Like, The Miz just does his job. I think uh, it's not a match that anybody looks forward to because it's The Miz versus Roman Reigns, and I don't think expectations are high for it, but I thought the promo was good. Anderson and Gallows are in the locker room going over their stories from Japan, name-dropping Fale and Tonga, specifically. Mm. Do you know uh, Tom and Tonga started a YouTube uh, channel. I heard he started one, but I yeah. haven't watched what he's done yet. It's it's a lot more kind of like video bloggy, less storyline than like being the elite, but it's kind of from like the Japanese perspective. Oh, of and featuring a lot of the uh, Japanese Bullet Club members. Is uh is Tangaloa part of it? Yeah. Uh, yes, he is. Uh, so is Yujiro and uh, Fale makes an appearance as well. Cool. Yeah. Well, they got name dropped here. They're going over their strategy, and Balor says. Eyes open, feet moving. Yeah, it all... Put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. Oh, you don't think that'll be as... Balor Club. (laughs) Eyes open, feet moving. You don't think that'll work as well? That's like (laughs) properly walking across the street instructions. That's the new too sweet. (laughs) Eyes open, feet moving. Eyes open, feet moving. (laughs) This whole thing, it felt really forced. Like this, this sketch... It's like, it felt like, it feels like, again, like a corporate version of something that originally became cool organically. The Valor Corporation. <laughs> sure. Like, it's like they, they're trying really hard to fit in this backstory and, like, reminding us all that, hey, these guys used to hang out in Japan together. They they were actual friends. And then I, I also found, like, them trying to, like, kind of jam in their, their catchphrases, like, the hot Asian wife and, and nerds and all that stuff. I... It was a little heavy-handed rather than, I think, you know, you see maybe the success of, like, the being the elite and uh, how a lot of other things kind of organically generate these days. You toss these things out, out there maybe a bit more subtly and you let the crowd jump on and you let it, you let them turn it into a, a catchphrase. Right now, they just kind of, like, I don't know. It just feels like they're, they have a list of things they want to, they want the audience to recognize and they're trying to hit you over the head with all all of it. So it, it's just the WWE. It's just how they produce TV. So I don't know. Maybe I just need to remind myself that too, you know. There, there's a great, good chunk of the audience who actually has never probably ever heard of the Bullet Club, as crazy as that may seem. So they, they, they might be speaking to that part of the audience as well. You also forgot their catchphrase at the end as they did the too sweet sign and said, forever. Yeah, what what was that? They can't say for life? I think they can, and I think what this is going to lead to is an endorsement from Hall and Nash on the anniversary show. 
That's the, and so that's that, their line. What? So that you mean? The, so they can start saying it after that? I think they're all going to do a big too sweet thing together. All five of them. I think that's cool. That's great. So the other thing is, these guys are baby faces right now. Correct. correct. I mean, somewhat. That's cool. I mean, I, I think they'd be better off as heels. Personally. Yeah, they kind of were thrust into the heel position in the main event. Yeah. Um, but I take them as baby faces at the moment. Then we got our straight-to-the-source plug with Enzo eating his apple. Enzo comes out. He said he spent New Year's Day in a hospital. He had some chicken soup and soda, which is a weird combo. Thanks, Naya. He had the Influenzo. Pretty good. I'm not one to shake what? my head at any of those. No, uh, he tuned into Raw, and he saw the Zo train against Cedric and Goldust, and said that's the closest Cedric's going to get to gold in 2018, which was a good line. Good line, but the title's more of a silver and purple, though. That's true. Enzo will end the year as Cruiserweight champion, just like he did 2017. And that leads us to our Cruiserweight title match. The first four-way. This was initially to be two winners of two four-ways would meet, and the winner would get a championship shot. That started on November the 27th. Wow. And here we are on (laughs) January 8th. We had the four-ways, we had the Rich Swan deal, and then we had to redo a four-way. Then there was Enzo in the hospital. This was just a snake-bitten, like, three-week idea. Yeah, this is long-term booking. Well, this is what happened. It became much longer-term booking. Alexander attacks him from the start. Naya's watching backstage. Enzo went for the DDG off of the turnbuckle and was caught with a dropkick. Then Alexander does a handspring in Siguri and just nailed Enzo by the right eye. Mm-hmm. And he's just, the right side of his head is just bleeding. Mm-hmm. Then there's a springboard clothesline. Enzo rolls to the floor and Cedric launches into another area code, hitting this Tope Con Hero that Enzo just like stands at attention, taking like, didn't catch him, didn't do anything. And then Cedric landed fine, and Enzo's grabbing his ankle in pain. Cedric's back into the ring, and Enzo's crawling to the side of the ring, peeks over at the count of nine, and then just drops down and is counted out in 847, selling the ankle big like he can't get up, and Cedric wins the match by countout. It, see, it played out to me like... Enzo was playing a coward and uh, purposely not getting back into the ring in order to save his title. Yes. But the way they kind of handled it afterwards, it made you feel like he was legitimately injured. How did you, how did you take it? Uh, I thought it was all part of the finish given how, I I thought the ankle thing was all part of the storyline. Yeah. That's what I meant. Like, yeah. Do you feel like the character was legitimately injured or was he pretending so that he didn't lose the title? Oh, I felt he was he was pretending, or at least exaggerating it, yeah. knowing he could have. That's how made I it felt too. In. But then, what? Why did they do the skit back afterwards, where he wasn't pretending, wasn't really like, "Hey, I'm not actually injured. I'm okay." Uh, I think he saw a way out. That that's the way to interpret it. He had a way out of the match but, that but, he could have kept going, but he opted right. not to. But it didn't feel that way after in 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 the sketch. You know what I mean? Like you ended up feeling actually bad for for this guy. Right. Yeah. So, the other thing was, it was kind of mixed. The uh, how you were to so take. So I'm this a little confused. Him. I'm not sure if I should be hating this guy or 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 you know feeling bad for him. Well, this is the the dilemma with Enzo is that within this cruiserweight division, he's the biggest dick in the division that everyone hates. But with Naya, 
He's yeah. this likable guy, and you want to see these two get together. And he's a totally different character with Naya. It's actually very confusing on Naya's part, too. Yes, and here we got both back-to-back. Yeah. You're right. Uh, but Cedric here, look, you know, he. I thought he gained some good crowd support for his comeback, but I thought he looked really goofy celebrating that he won this title match that he fought so hard for via countout. He didn't seem disappointed at all. Yeah, he was just happy to, to like, get this moral won, victory. Guys. So I imagine this continues with yeah, of course. more. Yeah, so Enzo's in the training room, and Nia just walks in to see how he's doing. He just says he's good, he's fine, but he is clearly in pain. So that mm-hmm. was our... Like trying to draw sympathy. Mm-hmm. This is when the ad for the 25th anniversary of Raw aired, and they have promoted a ton of names for this show. Steve Austin, Ric Flair, The Undertaker, DX... Hall, Nash, the Bella Twins, Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler, the APA, the Dudley Boys, and the New Age Outlaws all announced for this. For DX, they only showed Hunter and Sean, but I would have to think that Waltman will be part of this, given the fact they're promoting DX. The Outlaws are on the show. Yeah, Billy Gunn too. Yeah, Yeah, that was notable. Billy Gunn, this will be his first appearance since he was let go Mm -hmm. for uh, his... uh, his outside weightlifting <laughs> competition. If Sean Waltman wasn't there, there'd be something off. I'm sure. I'm sure. He'll I'm be sure there. he'll be there. So, and Austin's the big one. I don't think yeah. you could do this anniversary show without Austin. And I mean, it's a good thing the Rumble is the pay per view, but having this on a go home show is very difficult. Mm-hmm. You've got to really juggle a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but if this had been like, say, the go home for like Elimination Chamber. I would say that pay-per-view is going to be totally forgotten by after three hours. Didn't they have a similar issue with the, the Survivor Series go-home show, or was it SummerSlam? It was, there was like a previous go-home show where they had to kind of cram a lot in, because it was like a festive... Recently? Yeah. It was like a festive-themed thing. Uh, I, I'm probably thinking... Whatever. We'll think about it later. But, uh, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to the show. Oh, I, I, yeah. This will be a packed show. Yeah. There's going to be stuff shot at the Manhattan Center as yeah. well as the Barclays Center. Yeah. It should be a really cool show. Nostalgia shows are always fun. And when you bring up some of the possibilities, like, you know, having the club do do something with the click, I, mm-hmm. think, I think that's that's that could make some really great moment. What do you do with Austin on this show? Is he I in a self-contained he, I he, segment? I think he closes the show, maybe to lead up to the main event. Uh, or maybe just something to do with the Rumble, but it's I, it's very hard to do any segments with him and anybody mm-hmm. without it coming off like a tease for something that's not happening. I don't. They've they've all his appearances in the past have just been him coming out stun, stunning people, and then they'll stun Elias or something, and then they'll get if it's cheered. like the final segment, and it's like say Reigns is out there, yeah, and Austin we'll, comes in to join him or something. Right. I mean, people are just going to have an expectation of something that's clearly not happening. Maybe it won't be the final segment. Maybe it'll, it'll be like the 10 o'clock thing. It but. should be him and Vince on the show. Well, in that Vince segment. I think he should be on the show. I think that Who would make sense. Who would you like to see Austin paired with? Like, what, what sort of like a natural pairing that you think would, would actually be fun on camera? Mm. See, I, I wonder if we'll see SmackDown guys on this. And that opens mm. up uh, ideas as well. Um, because I would love to see Austin and Owens have a segment together. Oh, that'd be great. That would be yeah. something fun. Um, which they could definitely do. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Barclay Center website, they've got like this graphic. And AJ's part of the graphic too. So I'm oh. sure... I would imagine you're going to see some SmackDown people on the show. I think this is one of those shows where the brand split is just out the window. So maybe hmm. I could see him doing something with Vince. 
And I'd love to see a segment with him and Owens. I think that would be, imagine for Owens. He does that segment with Vince and he gets to do a segment with Austin. Mm -hmm. Like that guy, I mean, it's like, that would be his dream. Yeah. Kurt Angle is on the phone with a mystery woman who has not had a match in years. But Kurt says, I know you haven't been in the ring in years. Can you hold on? I got to go. And hangs up on her. And that person would probably say, fuck this rumble. (laughs) So somebody from the past. Delita? I'm crossing my fingers. The bar enters, and they smell favoritism for Jason Jordan over them. They want their tag title rematch, and Kurt says, okay, cool, you can have it at the Rumble. And they're happy. Why would you be happy? Okay, my assumption is that maybe they get paid more if they have a match at the Rumble versus... At worst, at worst, you're going to... You're going to totally zap yourself and then have to come back out for the Rumble where you now are at a disadvantage. Why would you want your rematch that night? Conversely, why would you enter this stupid U.S. title tournament knowing the finals are at the Rumble, the night of the biggest opportunity of the year to headline WrestleMania, and you're going to enter this stupid tournament to get this secondary title? Um, Good, good question. I, I could only assume that anybody involved in these title matches knows that they have no chance at the Rumble anyway, and therefore they've given up. They're not going to main event I'd be pissed if I was Seth. Be like, I've defended this title within 30 days. I want the 28th well, off. listen, Seth Rollins probably feels like he could do everything. He'd probably have this match, and he could be in the Rumble. Well, I guess so. How, when is the show going to end? How are it'll they going to fit It'll be four hours. This, is, this tag match is probably going to be on the pre-show. Ooh, yeah. So how many matches are we at right now? Okay, let's go through them. We've got the three-way on top. We've got the handicap match for the SmackDown title. Uh Two Rumbles, the tag title match, Mm -hmm. and the U.S. title finals. So that's six matches already, two of which could go an hour. Mm. Well, four-hour show then. I watched um, a lot of the Access show on Saturday night with um, the Wrestle Kingdom show. Three-hour slot, and they could only fit in four matches in a three-hour slot. And they aired the matches in full and got the intros in. So look at that. Mm-hmm. Four matches in three hours. Maybe The Rumble, some... the main show, is four hours. You'll probably see some quick matches. What's going to be quick, though, of what we just listed here? I don't know. They also haven't announced any women's uh, championship matches yet. I don't know where you could possibly fit them on yeah, this show. I know. It'd be tough. I don't think you're going to see any. Hmm, you don't want to take any challengers out of the Rumble because these women know, why am I going to have another match? Very good point. Then the Miz walks in after the bar leaves, and he announces that the USA Network has greenlit his own non-scripted show. Another Total Divas spinoff. This is going to be a six-episode series entitled Miz and Mrs. Miz and Mrs. Miz and Mrs. It's going to be 30 minutes, six-episode series, and it will launch sometime this year, and it's the same production company as Total Bellas and Total Divas. So, wait, you've got to get back into it. I've actually caught up. Have you? Yeah, on Total Divas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Are you going to catch us up? Sure. Okay, we'll get to that, too. Okay. Um, Now, not to say one necessarily means the other, but the fact that the USA Network is now paying for another series... Mm -hmm. It tells me that we are, I would be stunned if the WWE is leaving USA when this deal mm, is up. I think this, 
to package all of this to go somewhere else, I don't see it happening. Is USA and E, e Network are they the same umbrella? Um, no, they're not. Sorry, I'm testing you. <laughs> I don't think they but, are. But um, okay, yeah. Well, this is interesting that they're doing their first reality show. Yeah, this on one's on USA. E. This one isn't on E, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Hmm. So there you go. Um, this is gonna bug me now. I think E. Here, I'll look it up. You go. You on. look it up. Yeah. Um. We don't get these in Canada, do we? We don't. We get, get E. We do get E. Yeah. It is. Like it's the same as the Canadian. U.S. feed. It's not like a uh, I think weird Canadian. Canadian. I think there's like there's still CanCon restrictions, I believe. E. So anyway, he goes over this show. He wants the Intercontinental Title, and he wants the rematch at the twenty fifth twenty fifth anniversary show. Mm-hmm. And Kurt Angle agrees to the match for Brooklyn. Although, I would love to see Roman Reigns at the Manhattan Center. So they're both owned by uh, NBC. Okay. So it is under the umbrella. Yeah. I blanked on that. So there you have it. How so they, dare you be wrong about I this know. random fact. But when you look at the fact, like, these are big money makers. Like, the television licensing for this company uh-huh. is the biggest thing possible. And now they've added another series. So the fact that ratings are declining, I don't know if they still are for Total Divas or not, but the fact that they are, you don't think it matters? Obviously not. If they're spinning off, I think the key is... Once you're having a baby, you get your own show. Yeah. Brie, now Maurice. Yeah. And also, I think it's interesting the fact that they did that test that one week with NXT, yeah. and they're going with this. Ooh, interesting. And yeah. not to say NXT maybe is not going to be something they want down the road, but yeah. to me, USA is doubling down on wrestling. They are not um, distancing themselves. They're going all in on these. Right. So look at that. They have three series now mm-hmm. out of... Out of what Total yeah, Divas has started, look at what Total Divas has produced. Hey, it's been a big money maker for uh-huh. the company. Like it's been a big hit for That's them. What all you guys are missing out on. You got to catch up, John. Total Divas and Total Bells are both an hour, right? Yes. There. Okay. So this is a, a half hour. Seems right for. A this Miz is a half hour show. This is a half hour. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. Um, I think with the Bellas, you have so much more to kind of unpack because you have John Cena, you have Daniel Bryan, you have the crazy mother. Uh, Here, it's just kind of these two, and I wonder how much you can handle of Ms. Maurice, but I'm sure you'll get things like Maurice's mom. Well, the season's all going to be probably about Maurice is pregnant, Yeah, Ms. is on the road, Ms. is going off to film the Marine. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe we'll see uh, Ms. on set with Shawn Michaels and Becky Lynch. Yeah. Get some behind-the-scenes footage. Mm -hmm. So, then we got in both instances, with Goldust and The Miz, we went from backstage segments with them cutting to their Facebook videos from earlier. It was kind of just a weird to cut from one to the next. We're like time traveling back. So this was earlier in the day with The Miz. And he's explaining to us, right after we just go over like all these, t- how important television licensing is to the company, Miz is giving a speech on how everything is going to the internet. <laughs> This company would be fucked if everything was going to the internet and all these TV companies realize that. Mm. So a limo pulls up and Asuka comes out in her ring gear, which looked preposterous. Why would Asuka be coming out of a limo? I guarantee because they believe that this woman cannot be wearing normal clothes. Mm. We can't have her in a tank top and jeans. She just no, lives but, in but this. What, but what does one have? One thing have to do with the other? Why? Just because she's in her ring gear, she has to come out of, out of a stretch limo? I just don't assume. Uh, I just don't like picture that character riding in the back of a limo. So, Miz is over the moon because he realized Oscar is undefeated and he's going to win the tournament now with Oscar. And I can't wait 
there's a great sequence for those two to do where Miz is doing those shitty kicks mm-hmm. and then Asuka's doing them in tandem yeah, to the woman. That'd be and, great. And it can finally emphasize the yeah. fact that these kicks are supposed to be shit from the Miz. Yes. And you can see them like literally side by side with Oscar, yeah. and it puts Oscar over huge. I think people realize that they're shit. I think people just don't react to them. Yeah, like they're right. not really heat generating. I think they are. I do think they are. My God. I wa- like watching this Raw from 2013 where yeah. Brian does them, and Brian is just murdering oh, Biggie Langston, yeah. murdering him yeah, with of these. Of course, of course. Well, I mean, I'm really curious about these pairings and uh, their decision process for a lot of them. I mean, clearly a lot of them make sense, but then you have pairings like this with Babyface and Heel, with Asuka and Miz, and you kind of wonder what they have in planned for their, I don't know, the, their, the di- dynamic. Uh, also interesting that they would simply get their genuine reactions like this. And here... Rather than have, you know, your typical heel doesn't get along with the baby face type of thing, you had the Miz have, you know, uh, be forced to kind of react to hearing about this news and basically being really happy. I thought he was good. I thought he showed good logic in, in his improvisation here. You're undefeated. We're going to win. If they, if these were legit reactions, yeah, then I think Miz was like, really on top of his yeah, game here and certainly. not reacting like, oh, I'm paired with a baby face and I'm a heel. Instead, he looked at it logically. Mm-hmm. This is the undefeated monster. Like, I'm going to be the odds-on favorite here. I'm going to ride this this ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this eliminate... Uh, well, I guess they're on separate brands, so it wouldn't have been able to... But imagine a team with Sami Zayn and Asuka. The team of... Asuka. Get out. <sighs> The bar versus... Actually, first we had Asuka in the locker room. And Alexa enters, says she got lucky last week. Her luck is about to run out. And when my best friend Naya hears what you called her, I wouldn't want to be you. And Alexa leaves. And this made no sense to me. Because it was like, we've not established anything that Asuka has said. However, now, Asuka doesn't speak English. She can't understand English either. And that was the point of this here. Um, Wasn't it? The point is that Alexa was saying something and Asuka didn't react? Asuka had this weird look on her face. Right. Like, she knows. I think she would know. She hasn't said anything about her. No, so. I mean, I think, I think we would all react that way, even if, even if we, she understood English, because what he, she said made no sense. Well, this is very confusing, because Asuka does speak English, yeah. and we've heard her speak English on this damn show. Yes. But now we're doing this thing where she's like she doesn't understand anybody. Mm-hmm. All right, sure. The bar against Apollo Crews and Titus O'Neil. Cole thanks all the people in New Zealand on Sky. But then when he references uh, tonight, he says, "Actually, it's tomorrow afternoon in New Zealand," which that's impossible. What do you mean? It's never tomorrow. Tomorrow's always coming. Uh. He could have said it's Tuesday afternoon okay. in New Zealand. Instead, he said, it's tomorrow afternoon in New Zealand. Like that literally, was I being too hard on this guy tonight? <laughs> no, no, that's your job. I'm just doing this entertaining you. <laughs> These two had a match. This was highlighted by Apollo being tossed to the floor and landing badly. And Booker, expert analyst Booker said, and I, I cannot make this up. Apollo wasn't keeping his head on a swivel. Mm-hmm. I heard that. He I wasn't. caught it. I caught it this week. 
Did you know? I found him a lot less aggravating this week. Well, he was having a fine show, and then as Titus is making his comeback, Booker is puzzled at how this guy runs, and he blanks on the name and has to ask Corey, "What's it called?" And he yells, "Titus Worldwide!" He had to- he totally uh, blanked on the name, which hey, it's three hours. Then there was a spot where Sheamus runs at Apollo on the apron for a brogue kick, but Cruz avoids it by moonsaulting to Cesaro on the floor, but then Titus capitalizes, rolling up Sheamus and pinning him. So Apollo and Titus pin the guys that are getting the tag title shot. Yeah. It's fascinating that they would do this. Um, I can... Listen, there's three weeks to go. My own, I already have one three-way I don't want to see at the Rumble. I don't want to see another three-way. My assumption is that they just want to keep the bar busy for the next three weeks with a, a series with Titus Worldwide. Uh, Only think, two shows. Like, what are we going to do? They're just going to beat them next week? I guess. I guess. Why not? I don't think it makes a difference whatsoever. Right. Yeah, I don't care. It's something for Titus Worldwide. Um, keeps the bar busy. They'll still be just as hot for the match. Brock Lesnar comes out with Paul Heyman. Heyman says there's a credo in this industry called old school. And they have a lot of respect for that, but never allow it to blind them. Heyman says this is a progressive industry. (laughs) Looking for fresh styles and to appeal to the audience and the general public. Heyman says they've gotten away from that. The old school way was to find one challenger to challenge their champion, proving why they are better. And they've gotten away from that because the universal title is now marketed as how can Brock survive this predicament? Heyman doesn't like this. Lesnar thinks this sucks. Lesnar took Kane's best shot and he laughed in his face last week. The only cliffhanger going into the Rumble is if Brock will pin Strowman, if Brock will pin Kane, or if he'll stack one on top of the other and pin them both. And they go to leave. And Lesnar's going up the ramp, and Kane attacks him from behind, takes him backstage, where Braun shows up, nailing both of them, tosses Lesnar off the ground into this equipment. Lesnar flew. Mm-hmm. And then Brock, uh, sorry, Braun takes out this hook. Grappling hook. A grappling hook? Like a Batman grappling hook. Okay, yeah. I was looking for the term, and I had no idea what you call this thing. Mm-hmm. But this... Batman was the perfect analogy here. And he takes this thing and he hooks it like thir- legit like 25 feet in the air Fucking onto this lighting truss. He must have done this a few times because he, he grapple hooked that thing with expertise. This had to be a pre-tape. Oh, yeah. 100%. You, know, you could see This had to have taken multiple takes, I would think. Maybe. Still impressive. Oh, this was like goddamn fucking Wesley and Princess Bride or something. Like, he was just... <laughs> yeah. This character, I give them credit. They have taken this thing to such a stupid level. Oh, it's amazing. But it's just like, what? Like, it's a cartoon. Oh, he is yeah. a cartoon. Yeah, and he does a great job of it. But much like we talk about where, like when Matt Hardy was in TNA, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. But they were able to create this world that you could accept it with him, as loony as it was. And they've done this with Braun. Yes. That it's like every dream they had of what stupid shit they could do with Kane that mm-hmm. everyone shit on. Mm-hmm. Somehow they've been able to do it with Braun, understanding there's certain limitations, but when it comes to big shit blowing up, big shit falling, yeah. crazy but, stuff, it works. 
for this guy. Bronze stunts are a lot more uh, easy to to accept than canes. Like cane stunts. Cane, they got crazy. Yeah, it was cane, just stupid. It was like stunts, electrocuting Shane's testicles. They, they always involve some type of magic or like some some like f- uh, f- fire. Always involving some fire or uh, I guess uh, dead bodies. But with Braun, it's simply like lifting shit and tossing shit and tossing tossing people and driving cars into people. And uh, it's it's all worked so far. I mean, there it's all been ridiculous. But you you cheer like I cheer when when he does stupid shit like this. He yanks down this insane lighting truss that supposedly comes down and crushes both Kane and Lesnar to their death. And that necessitates a commercial. We come back, and Heyman's facial reactions were amazing. He was horrified. Braun has, uh, Braun's left. They check on Lesnar. These medics are tending to him. They're worried about his neck. Kane's crawling out from the wreckage. Lesnar is put on a, on a stretcher, and he's put into an ambulance, and Lesnar yells... Uh, that he doesn't want to go and for Paul to get him out of here. And there was this line from Heyman that I'm definitely perhaps reading too much into, but as he's wheeling Lesnar to the ambulance, Heyman says this line, I didn't even see him coming. And he said it in such a way Hmm. that it was done with such a tone that like, why would you have seen him coming? Like, well, Lesnar wasn't even asking you if he had seen him coming. Right. And it was almost as though hmm. we were talking last week about you need to do something here. And this felt like a like a little breadcrumb that we could maybe revisit. That's very interesting. I don't think you're looking too deep into it at all. I thought it was a pretty key line hmm. and it was there for a reason. So what would that mean? Um, Braun and Paul If Heyman? you look at one guy that you could transition Heyman to, mm-hmm. if the goal is post-mania, Strowman as a heel, Heyman would be your guy to put him with. And someone that I think you could naturally transition Heyman to, which has, outside of Punk, he's really failed with when they've tried to take the magic with Lesnar and apply it elsewhere. It's true, but we've we've seen almost this exact same thing during Lesnar's first run, where they tried to pair Paul away from him as his opposition, pairing him with guys like the Big Show. I There's also, I listen, there's also not the guarantee... Lesnar resigns. That's true. Yes. Would you want to get rid of Heyman as well? Hmm. We are extremely speculating. Yeah. There. No, but it's it's good speculation. I mean, if Lesnar, hey, Lesnar feuding with Strowman post Mania yeah. as a babyface mm-hmm. against Heyman, that is something new, and yep. this character needs something new. I just don't necessarily feel like Braun Strowman needs Paul Heyman. You don't want to see Braun basically adopt Brock Lesnar's character. You want him to kind of do his own thing. You don't want him to necessarily, you know, fulfill those that that comparison for the rest of his career. Well, for a variety of reasons, I don't necessarily see a Heyman turn coming, at least at Rumble. Because what I do see happening is Hunter getting involved in that match and coming for revenge on Strowman. Hmm. And I see sure. Hunter getting involved there. Or... Strowman, and that can also give a reasonable explanation of why Strowman doesn't come back later in the Rumble. Because Heyman takes care of, or sorry, Hunter takes care of Strowman. Right. Then afterwards, uh, so Lesnar's taken away in the ambulance, which I would have to think is, they haven't done an angle like that with Lesnar. Taken away in an ambulance? Hmm. 
So they are trying to really get this match across. Samoa Joe and Rhino followed that. After all this of trying to toughen up Heath, it's Rhino doing all the matches now. And Joe attacked him with strikes, cross faces. Rhino briefly lifted him up on his shoulders. Joe hopped off and applied the coquina clutch and submitted Rhino. Yeah, so it's just uh, another in the series of uh, weeks of, of Rhino and Heath Slater getting demolished by whoever's on the roster. Uh, probably, maybe coming to a head at some point, you know, I don't, I, I wonder what. Um, but this was kind of basically that. And I found myself just kind of tuning out for this. It was really just a match. Charlie interviewed Joe. He doesn't call his match uh, with Reigns a loss. It was a Pyrrhic victory in that it was a win that came with such great cost, you may as well have marked it down as a loss. He's taken years off the career of Reigns, and the cracks in the foundation are coming, and he'll be there to finish the job when it all comes crumbling down. He announces he is entering the Rumble. So Charlie, with a rare follow-up question, asks how he's going to fare against the likes of Randy Orton, Shinsuke Nakamura, John Cena, and goes to uh, continue when Joe cuts her off at the mention of John Cena and says when it comes to his career, John Cena is a name he will never forget and he will be the first one that Joe eliminates. Mm, This had me very excited. Maybe we are finally going to get that Joe Cena match, perhaps. It's WrestleMania season, maybe at WrestleMania. I think that that is one possibility, but I feel that if Cena is doing Elimination Chamber... I could see this as the... I also hear Cena's got a way bigger opponent. Didn't Meltzer report that Cena's got somebody that's yes. much much grander? So I could who see... Do you think, who do you think it is? I think Cena and Taker would... I mean, that was the idea in Texas yeah. two years ago. I could definitely see that being How can the Taker direction. come back, though, after, after doing all that stuff last year? You know, he's goaded into one more match by Cena. That's too much. I do like the idea, though, of Joe eliminating Cena in the Rumble. Oh, I just want to see Joe and Cena. I think that match will be tremendous. I think you'll... Well, you're definitely going to get it. And it seems like they're going to uh, actually rely on a lot of their history together. Maybe even showing a slideshow of their photos. We knew each other. Yeah. We knew each other. Yeah, remember we hung out? Oh, they'll have Rick Bassman come in. Yeah. They'll just mention him by name. Yeah. Rick, Frankie. (laughs) Who else was in that class? Oh, man, you could get... um, Christopher Daniels was down there in UPW at that time. You had um, uh, Mark Bell. From the bigger, stronger, fast. His brother. Yeah, oh. that, that was Chris Bell. Wow. His brother was Mark. Interesting. Yeah. Man, yeah. whole UPW <laughs> reunion. Yeah. I would love to see that footage. What was their, uh, their guy? Big Schwag? What's that? He was... Uh, he was one of their announcers. I want to see Big Schwag make a return. <laughs> UPW or Matt, like you go back, like it was not good wrestling. No I mean, way. save for like there were some guys that turned out of there, but it was, I mean, it was like hmm. bodybuilders, actors, and they got a lot of people signed. Yeah. Looney Lane, who would go on to become a one member of the HLA segment. Okay. We'll do we'll do a history yeah, of UPW I, I show ahead of uh, this Joe Cena feud. Yeah, UPW yeah. 25th anniversary. Yep. Then uh, Nia Jax is backstage. Bliss walks up to her and asks about how Enzo's doing. She says she does care about uh, Nia and calls Nia her best friend. 
but she's worried Enzo's holding Naya back. Naya says Enzo motivates her, wants to be a champion just like him. She's entering the Women's Royal Rumble. Bliss says, well, you're the favorite to win, but a lot of people think Asuka's the favorite, but you could take her out ahead of time, and then we could have our dream match together at WrestleMania. And then brings up what Asuka said about her, but doesn't want to tell Naya. And Naya tells her, no, tell me, tell me. And Asuka, or Alexa, whispers into Naya's ear. Naya's shocked. And then Naya says, do you speak Japanese? Because Asuka doesn't speak English. And called Alexa on her shit. Yeah. I will have to want, I, I really want to know what Alexa said to Naya. Because maybe, I don't know, maybe it was something really complex. Alexa, start my music. And then she walked out to the ring. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought this was lame. It, they spent a lot, long time building to this throughout the show. And in the end, it was simply not worth it. This was like 2.5 hours into the show, and their punchline was just, Hey, did you hear what Asuka said about you? And then she whispers without even telling you what she actually said. Um, and we've we've regressed now. So now Asuka can't speak any English. So. Ah, it just sucked. Asuka made her entrance, got attacked by Naya, hit with a somersault senton, and it led to a Naya chant. Asuka selling the injury, and that was that. They're going to have a singles match next week in San Antonio. This, to me, seemed like uh, one of the bigger matches you could build to for Asuka. Uh, you know, really, the only other legitimate threat you could pose for her on Raw. Um, it tells me that maybe they have... I don't know, maybe that bigger plans for Asuka that don't involve uh, any of the current roster because it, feel, it feels like this was something that they could have saved up for. But at the same time, I think the squash matches have definitely worn thin. And this is also where I, I felt a little confused about how the crowd was supposed to react to Naya. I didn't think the reaction was that big for Naya doing something like this. They've kind of positioned her as sort of this rom- romantic interest to Enzo. And here she attacks a babyface Goldberg um, type of character. So I get the sense that fans don't really know if they should be cheering or booing Naya. Or maybe they just don't care. This week, it felt like they they took that match last week, which didn't get over that well, between Alexa and Asuka. Mm-hmm. And the end result was, we need to make changes to this Asuka character. And what, what are those changes? I mean, we, we've just... We, it looks like she's not going to speak at all now. And, and then doing a heavy-selling segment here with Naya, who, yeah, you could argue is being pushed just as much a babyface as, as Asuka is. Um, I don't think you necessarily have a babyface heel dynamic between Naya and Asuka, but you somewhat did after this segment. It was a cheap attack from behind. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just seems... Naya and Enzo, I think you could kind of... I think Asuka on Total Divas is what you need. Oh, gosh. Maybe That's she'll get her spinoff it. eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I know there should be a, an be easy a name for name. Asuka. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, it'd have to be in subtitles now, we learned. Yeah. So, um, For the final member of the Facebook uh, Raw team, <laughs> you can vote for Bailey's partner. And the choices are? Jason Jordan, Elias, or Samoa Joe. 
Who do you think wins? It's kind of odd, like thinking about a Facebook vote because I feel like that might be a more different. The, the audience might be a bit more different than, say, you know, our our audience. I don't want to see Joe saddled with this. I think he, I think he. I he feel he's going to win, him. but I want Elias to win. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. The announcement will come Tuesday at noon Eastern. Okay, I'll be refreshing yes. my browser. Oh, can't wait! Can't wait. Main event, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Jason Jordan against Finn Balor, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows, where we got photo evidence that these guys are friends. I know, a slideshow. Actual proof. I believe you. I believe you. Why does everyone look awful the longer photos age? <laughs> um, I mean, they probably weren't making as much money back then, <laughs> uh, so they couldn't afford all these fancy haircuts that they have now. Um, I don't know. Good question. This is, I mean, something like this is necessary, though. You know, I, the presentation is just a little bit weird, though. Like, this felt like something that you would see in a documentary. Maybe not necessarily yeah. when they're coming out. During to the their entrance, where we cut yeah. away from their entrance. Hey, yeah. hey look, photos. <laughs> Graves says that based on pure raw talent, Jordan is an upgrade from Dean Ambrose, and Michael Cole loses his mind over this hot take. Reigns, Jordan, and Rollins clear the ring early. They go through the break. They come back. They're working over uh, Rollins. And Rollins crawls through Finn's legs to tag in Reigns. Reigns goes after Gallows and Anderson on the apron, turns around and is hit with a sling blade. Then they get the heat on Reigns. He makes the tag to Rollins, who fires up on Anderson with a blockbuster suicide dive. And then he hits a sling blade. And fresh off the multiple drop kicks simultaneously... The spot I wanted to see in this match was Rollins and Finn running at each other and both going for sling blades in midair. Yeah, I thought they would do something like that their first time that they had a match, but they never really made that connection. Then Seth is in control and Corey says, I bet Seth is looking for that revolution knee. Well, that's what they call it now. That was the name here presented. The revolution knee. Maybe it's a tribute to the women. Oh, yes. Uh, or me. The Revolution Knee. Yeah. That's an awful name for a move. Maybe a tribute to a WCW faction. Oh, my God. I thought this was just a revolution of what? What's it? Well, the person's spinning. You're spinning the person around. Oh, God. (laughs) But your knee's not spinning. He's revolt. Yeah, okay. Oh, but the God. I think it sucks. I just think it sucks. I don't (laughs) think it's a name that. Hey, listen. I'm glad they actually have a name for it. You know? But they could do better, certainly. Yes. Um, how about the roll on Rollins knee? The rolling knee. Okay. How about no, the, that's uh, worse. How about uh, the need to know basis? Um, <laughs> the give me something. I'm trying. This is how me and Way would come up with names before. Yeah. Needs. Uh, the shield. The kneeled. <laughs> Because you go down on your knees after taking it. Yeah. Well, Revolution Knee it is. <laughs> it's the best one. <laughs> best they've got. Rollins tags Reigns as Jordan enters the ring from the floor. So the ref is turned, focusing on Jordan. So he doesn't see the tag and Reigns gets pissed at Jordan. Reigns is dragged to the floor by Anderson. He hits a Superman punch to Anderson, spears Gallows, and then Jordan is helping up Rollins. Gets out of the way as Balor hits a running drop kick. Jordan is sent to the floor, and Balor finishes Rollins with the coup de gras and pins him in 15 minutes, 29 seconds. And the announcers go over how Jordan made a lot of mistakes. 
I found the match quite disappointing, actually. I found it kind of boring. Maybe it was just, like, from watching uh, a lot of, like, uh, New Japan over the past week, but, like, goddamn, those two-minute rear chin locks, I just... I don't understand. I don't understand the need for them. I understand they want to, like... That's their style. They want to, like, calm the crowd. I just feel like there's so many better ways than this just the typical thing in every match especially that your tag team matches of facing the hard camera arm wrapped around a dude's neck and just waiting for a long time that's it's just like i I just can't understand it afterwards reigns and jordan argued jordan tries to speak with rollins when Miz, Dallas, and Axel jump all of them, it's three-on-one on Reigns as Rollins and Jordan are laid out on the floor. They hit Reigns with a skull-crushing finale. Some of the crowd chants one more time, so they deliver the Shield triple power bomb. This was like the, the greatest hits of the Miz Taraj. Like This was the angle to set up the whole Shield reunion. Uh, so they did it this time. I wonder if Cesaro and Sheamus will just take their spots next week. Um, but they laid them out, and that's how the show ended, with Miz having some heat here on Reigns. This is the weakened shield, though, now, without yeah. Dean. Well, not according to Corey Graves. It's an upgrade. Hmm. And that's how the show ended. Yeah. Um, A mixed bag show? I would say so. I think, you know, it's it's the direction they're going with the, the Balor Club, I think, is, is de- definitely very welcome. But their treatment of it, uh, not necessarily, I think, the, a home run at all. Uh, same with the broken Matt Hardy stuff, you know, uh, the premise I think is great, but the execution, I think leaves something to be desired. Uh, but I'll say in the end, you know, they, these things are improvements for, for everybody involved. I did think the pacing was pretty good on this show and this was watching it live for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you only had like six matches on this show and only one of them was really long in the main event. Were, were, were there any good matches though? That's, uh... Not this week. Some week, uh, often Raw has really good matches. Oh, there wasn't really any good wrestling on this show. This no. was more. There was a lot of news on this show. I felt like there were like some. Oh, the angle with the uh, Braun and and Brock. That was the main thing that was on the show. Cool. It was a big angle. Um, and the, then the oh, announcements for the anniversary show, and it's kind of that's their focus: the anniversary and the Rumble. Yeah, the Jason Jordan thing still seems to be a priority with him kind of being like a sort of the the funny member. Uh, outcast of the group. That's interesting. We'll see how that plays out. The Joe Cena tease that was presented. That was, cool. that was yeah. interesting. Joe continues to like be involved in like very serious segments, and uh, it's it's very welcome, you know, from 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 a lot of the other stuff on the show. Yes, I feel that next week is kind of a very well. They've got the Nia Oscar match, but it's very nothing week. No yeah. Lesnar. Everything's geared towards the anniversary show, but I think next week is a good opportunity to put some emphasis on both Rumble matches. I mean, the women's one, it's kind of the novelty of the first, but the men's one, other than announcing the entrance, it's, I don't know, it just feels less focused upon. Right, you don't necessarily know who the contenders are. You don't necessarily have people claiming to... No one's really... Real storyline. Expressing any real, like, yeah, yeah, any... Issues going into the Rumble. Mm-hmm. There aren't any like mini storylines as a part of it, which sometimes there's years they just rely on the fact that it's the Rumble. But I think that's that's a bad way of presenting the Rumble. You have to have little stories, especially this year where you're presenting two of them. Mm-hmm. You better have some things that you can build towards in the Rumble, like some some yeah. little 
like uh, chapters. I assume that they, they want to keep a lot under wraps, you know, especially with the women's. If Ronda Rousey happens to be a possibility, they probably don't want even anybody thinking that that's even a possibility. And maybe same with the men's. Maybe they want whoever is about to win to be a complete surprise. I mean, I'm sure they do. But let me let me quickly go through this uh, end zone. Yeah, go for it. Straight to the source, which uh, was actually my choice for worst media or worst network show. I love it. it After what two shows, it was, it was enough to be your one. worst. Oh, one. Know, like the thing is, most of these WWE network shows, I think they're totally fine. They're they're actually great content to just have on in the background. Even like a table for three or like a, a ride along. They're just kind of, like, amusing to have. But, like, there was only one edition of this Straight to the Source prior to this, and that was a Roman Reigns episode. And I found the interview so dull and kind of so generic that I suppose it was my only choice uh, for, for worst network show this year that I watched. Harsh. But, uh, you know, not to say it was even that bad. But this Enzo show, I will say, maybe was a bit more worth watching because... Enzo and Corey Graves seem to have a very tumultuous relationship, whether or not it's played up on camera or not. But watching this, it felt very uncomfortable (laughs) at times because Enzo is kind of doing his shtick the entire interview. Uh, They kind of play off of like, you know, their interactions on Twitter and also on commentary where the two don't like each other. So Corey goes straight to straight to the source and asks, asks, you know, tougher questions and some of these questions are like asking Enzo about getting kicked off the bus and I would say Enzo does a great job of essentially deflecting and not necessarily answering the questions Enzo says how is that possible that I'm kicked off the bus if it's if it's possible then I wouldn't make it to the other shows this company provides transportation and if I'm on their transportation then that means you know, he also goes on to say that how is it possible to be kicked out of a place that I never wanted to be? So Enzo uses a lot of colorful language to essentially dodge these questions. He's asked about being kicked out of the locker room. It's like a deposition. Enzo says he has his own locker room. He dresses by himself because he doesn't talk to anybody. That's how he answers. Um, and the whole thing is kind of littered with like Enzo appearing on TMZ and also these web article headlines about Enzo's like... Uh, controversial things backstage. Um, Enzo claims that network buys have increased since he's become the Cruiserweight champ. (laughs) I suppose that's technically true. They haven't necessarily gone down. Uh, But Enzo says that he's responsible for the stock price going up as a result. Oh, that's rich. (laughs) That's awesome. It's... Felt like a very. It felt, <laughs> I can't believe he took credit for the stock price. <laughs> it felt like a very tough interview for Corey because Enzo is a guy who never turns himself off. Graves seemed clearly uncomfortable, and again, whether or not he was playing it up, I thought they did a great job of establishing uh, a relationship of two men who didn't want to be in the same room talking to each other. Graves seemed to be unable to make eye contact for a large part of the interview. Um, they'd spend a, a bit of time talking about Big Cass and how Corey asked if there's some bad blood between the two of them from when Cass got hurt, and Enzo tweeted some something about how, like, uh, you know, you should have finished the match. Uh, and then they actually play an interview with Cass pre-operation, right before he, he, he was uh, about to go for surgery, and it was Cass basically saying how 
it was very classless of Enzo tweeting after what he tweeted, especially after Cass has been there so often following Enzo's injuries. So a really good promo from Cass. And you can look at that however you want. It kind of sets up their program upon return. Um, it is pretty exhausting listening to Enzo talk at length in a format of this type of show because he's a guy who can't seem to talk like a normal human being. Everything he says is in promo form, which is great for wrestling, but awful for this type of sit-down mm-hmm. interview type of show. Um, okay, so then finally, Enzo, or sorry, Corey brings up the Twitter feud that he had with Enzo. And um, if you remember, there was uh, a tweet from Corey saying how his son was recently seen celebrating like a softball game doing the Enzo dance. Yeah. And then said he Corey, like he failed as a father. Yes. And so Enzo quote tweeted that and said, you didn't fail as a father. You failed as a wrestler. Yes. Uh, and then Corey says that it was sort of a soft spot for him because, you know, he had concussions prior to retiring as a result. And then Enzo talks about the time that he suffered a concussion. He's like, oh yeah, I suffered a concussion too. And then he brags about being at work the next day. He says his brain can't be rehabbed because he has a special brain. And he what? something like that. He oh says he God. he says in five years he's never called in sick. And at this point, it's it was most interesting. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's what he, he's missed time. Well, he says that he's been forced to miss time, but he says he's always appeared appeared to work the next day. Well, wait a minute. Last week he legit. Well, I guess he showed up is what he meant. He missed dates because he was sick. Maybe this was even filmed before that. I don't even know. But it was most interesting to see Corey Graves' reaction. I mean, a guy who I think is normally sort of the uh, aggressor in situations like this. He's usually the one who's wittier than the person he's talking to. Almost, I mean, I've complained that I feel like Graves at this point almost seems too much like a bully, especially with guys like, like Booker. But in this situation, it clearly felt like he was the beta to Enzo's oh. very special brain. Um, oh, I thought you were just going to make an alpha reference. Oh, um, no, not necessarily. Alpha Enzo. Yes, but uh, Enzo was like, it, it was just a, amusing seeing Corey basically stunned in silence at, at points because um, Graves eventually says, you know, you commenting on my on my concussion, that was, I felt sort of that like that was a low blow. Enzo says... Oh, I won my first title with a low blow. So, yeah, good line. Enzo ends the interview by teasing Graves about never winning a WWE title. And then he says, you know, Graves, again, is, like, completely speechless. He, like, it felt like a really tense, uncomfortable interview. And so Enzo ends ends it, talks for him and says, you know, uh, hey, if your kid did my dance when he won, you are actually succeeding as a father. You're a great dad but you're just a terrible commentator and a terrible wrestler. And he storms out of the interview. Uh, by the end, it's just like, it felt very tense and very uncomfortable. Whether it was a work or not, it was, yeah, it, it was effective in making you dislike this guy. Wow, this was like their more. Jake Tapper, Stephen Miller interview from CNN over the I mean, weekend. I wonder if it was really the vibe that they were going for, but like it's, by the end of it, it, this was a guy, Enzo, that you completely felt like you would hate to call a coworker, but I think for wrestling, you can't deny that he is special and that he has a place in this business. Definitely, yes. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. It sounds like it was a 
at least you got your your value out of your fifteen minutes from from watching it. It, it. I'll tell you, it was actually quite uncomfortable to watch. Like this was almost like something that belonged in in cringe. Already. Oh boy! Yeah. Wow. Well, maybe that's their goal: get the Santa cringe and new subscribers potentially. Mm-hmm. And then Enzo's a draw, isn't he? Look at that so. stock price. That's yeah, amazing. What a line! All right, let's get to some feedback from tonight's raw. Scale of one to ten, way. I'm guess for me, uh, this was more uh, maybe like a five and a half. Oh, really? I will go six. The audience says 5.53. There you go. So there you have it. Uh, We start with MJ from the swamps of New Jersey. So for the last several months, Michael Cole has been making very obscure Bruce Springsteen references when Elias gets interrupted or has a segment. Tonight he dropped the name of a song I almost entirely forgot was a Springsteen song, and I've seen 60 concerts. Turns out the opening lyrics refer to Memphis. This has become my new favorite segment each week, and I now have a group text that I relay what the comment was to my family and other Springsteen fans. Also, I'm giving this Raw a good rating, an 8, because Finn Balor is so happy, it made me happy watching tonight. He was smiling nonstop. By the oh. way, folks, speaking of, uh, of music out there, Dan Lebransky oh. has launched his own YouTube channel, and even more shocking is he has an Instagram for this channel. I can't believe it. So go on YouTube and search for Slip Through the Cracks. And one of his most recent reviews, as he goes through classic vinyl that has slipped through the cracks, he reviews Freddie Blassie's I Bite the Songs. So there's a, a wrestling flavor to one of the reviews recently. Yeah, it's almost kind of it's kind of tough to, to search for it. But yeah, just type in Slip Through the Cracks, Dr. Mouth is what he goes by on, uh, on YouTube. And... Uh, and subscribe. Subscribe. Give them some likes. And I think Mouths... The Mouth. knowledge... He has a, a wider knowledge base of music than even wrestling. I think Mouth is perfect for YouTube. Because the man is... I think he's excellent on camera. And he has such a great knowledge and enthusiasm for uh, this kind of weird set of things that nobody else knows about on YouTube that he's able to provide plenty of of knowledge and and, and uh, insight on so his recall and memory of just these facts and stats is incredible mhm yeah please please go and have a have a have a have a watch and uh, give him some feedback i think it's a constantly evolving thing and i'm personally just really interested in seeing how Dan Lebransky fares with YouTube and and social media in general it's amazing. He He's, might actually get a smartphone out of this. Wow. Could you imagine? Uh, maybe. Wow. The day I get a text message from Dan Lovransky will be a day of just... The day I get a snap, Snapchat from Dan? Oh, my God. Man. Let's get into... Okay. Oh, you're up now. Okay, my turn. We go to uh, Charbel from Victoriaville. I'm visiting my family in Toronto, and I had to watch Raw Live. I felt what you went through, John. I don't understand the booking behind the bar losing to Titus Worldwide, and why that would... Why Balor Club had to win via so much distraction? I don't know why they did. I don't know what they did in Japan. And tonight's finish did not help me consider them as top guys. Mm. No, they won via distraction, I guess, to sell the Jordan angle. Question: I never watched New Japan in my life. I just watched Jericho Omega. And for you guys, was it better than Michael's Jericho ladder match at No Mercy? Ugh. When you're talking about the great Jericho matches of all time, I'd put. Both both matches in that discussion. It's been a while since I've watched that Jericho Michaels match, but it, that was 
that was their best singles match together. Better better than that WrestleMania match. Um, that ladder match is pretty high. It's one of the best ladder matches the company has ever had. So it would be... Mm, those two would be comparable. I was really high on that Omega match, and I've watched it twice now. Uh, let's go to Johnny from Saskatoon. Definitely think the crowd for tonight's show was a little quiet. Notice that they eased up on Booker a bit tonight. Usually they dig into him for a good chunk of the show, almost to the point where the commentary gets kind of annoying. Glad Titus Worldwide got the win. They needed it more than the bar did, but will they get go anywhere with this? I super doubt it. Well, the losing team's going for the titles. Uh Goes on to say, most days I can't get behind Braun, but just think he's boring. But then he does some batshit insane stuff like push over an ambulance, flip a commentary desk onto Brock, and now pulls down some rigging onto Kane and Brock. Also, he has immaculate grappling hook skills. And <laughs> he does. Yes. So there you have it. That's that's a skill set now. We got a Jesse from the six who who's back with us on the board. Welcome back, Jesse. He 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 explains to us what the slashes, what the forward and back slashes are, and he also explains that. Amuse bouche is a small complimentary appetizer offered at some restaurants. Okay, thank you. As I see it, Roman Reigns has a 50% chance of winning the Rumble. It's either him or a SmackDown guy. Do you agree with this assessment? Let's be real. Are we going to again have a crummy Royal Rumble with Philly fans crapping on another Reigns win? It is certainly possible. I think you try to avoid that scenario altogether and you don't give it to Reigns. Because fans are going to shit on that no matter what. You can have them win the Elimination Chamber. It's a Raw show. Who do you feel, like we've talked about the women's side, on the men's side, throwing out reins, what are your other options? Knowing that at Fastlane, you are promoting that that title match. I think it's Nakamura. Oh, you mean, sorry, are you talking about Raw? The SmackDown pay-per-view. They are promoting a main event, the the website for the arena. Right. Uh, Which is not the be-all, end-all that that's happening, but it's it's been advertised and it's been there for... Quite some time. The question is whether or not AJ holds the belt all the way to Mania, and if it's AJ, because I do see, I feel it, he should. I, I do see it being a SmackDown guy on winning the Rumble, mm-hmm. uh, and to me that leaves open Shinsuke Nakamura. If it's if it's AJ, I'm trying. It's not going to be Randy. It's not going to be. Eh, could be Kevin Owens. I feel like he's got uh, another other storylines that he doesn't need to go for a title to to make him. Uh, I guess uh, interesting. I agree. It's not going to be gender. I don't think. I think they're done with that for now. Um, who else is there? See, I see more options on Raw. Beyond Reigns, you've got potentially Cena. But then what do you do with the Chamber? I mean, you have you have both both companies are do, or both oh, brands bo- are both doing brands shows. Are doing the Chamber? No, one Raw's doing the Chamber, and SmackDown's doing Fastlane. The Chamber match has to be for a title shot, don't you think? Uh, it before it's been for the title. Yeah, I guess so. You could, but Brock is currently not advertised for Fastlane. So at least as of now, he's not on that show, which would mean no so title. Is Fastlane a, a Raw show or a SmackDown show? Fastlane is a SmackDown show. Okay. So- Elimination Chamber. Sorry, fuck these pay per views. He's not gotcha. advertised for Elimination Chamber. Gotcha. Okay. Which I was also thinking this other thing out is that if you were gonna, well. Yeah, it doesn't matter, actually. Listen, the fanboy in me wants Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles for the title at WrestleMania, and that means I think Nakamura has to win the Rumble. I think it- I like that idea. I think he needs it the most, mm-hmm. and I think Reigns can then get the shot. He can earn it in the chamber. I think you could definitely do that. Um, 
Because, yeah, you are going to go off the air with that same. Even if the audience has warmed to Reigns more than they have three years ago, it's just going to be the natural. Like, Reigns is going to be despised on that show, and you know it. They might hate him more now. Like, I just watched, they just played that Rumble on on the network, Uh the 2015 one. (sighs) The reaction that the crowd gives to Daniel Bryan being eliminated mid-match to nothing. After, if you remember that whole build, it was like Bryan stating how this was his big comeback. He's going to go to WrestleMania, reclaim the title. And is that the year that he came back? His last Mania. Right. Because Philadelphia, the last time they were in Philly, mm-hmm. that was the one that Batista won, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't. I actually, Philadelphia yeah, was Batista. That was, that was 30. That was 30. Yeah, and then the next yeah. year, Reigns won it. I think it was in Pittsburgh. So it was like very and then, near. And then The Rock was holding up his arm. And, yes. And The Rock that was, seemed really uncomfortable. That was. No, I maybe I have him backwards. I have him backwards because Batista was Pittsburgh, Reigns was Philadelphia the following year. Right, That's okay. it. Yeah, so it was Philadelphia that Reigns wanted in. All right, let's continue on here. I am going to go. I'm going to skip down here to Chris from Melbourne. Firstly, sorry, Way, you were right about them sticking Ballard Club together full time, given how lackluster last week's reveal was. I assumed it would just be one and done, but then there was Woken Matt's piano theme club remix, which was horrid. <laughs> Didn't WWE use Rebby Hardy's piano theme over the past month at house shows? At this stage, 205 Live is some kind of junior heavyweight purgatory. It's all WWE-style wrestling matches. These guys are almost never used outside of a 205 Live segment, and even the majority of heavyweights incorporate high-flying moves during their matches. Does John know if the Mixed Match Challenge on Facebook Live will be blocked for all non-US viewers? My understanding is it will be. Facebook Watch was launched last August to only US um People with a U.S. Uh, Facebook account. Yeah. And you do you pay to 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 watch? No, it? I don't think you have to pay for oh, it. it's free. But it's like a, it's like almost like a beta test, and it's only people with a IP address in the U.S. Okay. So I mean, there's yeah, very easy ways yeah. around it. Yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, uh, Brian from Minnesota. A lot of storyline progression came out of that final match, which I think was the only match on the show. If you watch Wrestle Kingdom over the weekend, there couldn't have been a better example of the dichotomy between pro wrestling and sports entertainment. Yeah, making big comparisons. I mean, you're going off literally one of the best shows of all time. Yeah, you kind of also have to watch them, I think, differently, you know? You, and that's why I think some a lot of these comparisons are so tough of, like, a guy going from New Japan to... WWE, it's it's simply a different product and a different style of television. Next up here. Hi, John and Way. This is my first time leaving feedback at Post Wrestling. Uh, Raw was typically lackluster. Two and a half hours leading into a pretty great main event. I enjoyed how the main event accomplished a few things. Get the gears turning on Jason Jordan's now certain heel turn. Give the win to the club, which keeps them looking strong and keeps an eventual big club shield match down the line alive. Even the Miztourage coming up for the post-match didn't make it feel overbooked and got me looking forward to Ms. Reigns at the anniversary show. I feel like with WWE pumping the brakes on Balor's momentum, they should go ahead and turn him heel. For this run with Gallows and Anderson as a unit, it would play to Gallows and Anderson's strength and give Balor a new coat of paint. What do you think? Do you like that idea of a, a heel Balor club as opposed to... Yeah, I think I prefer it. I, I mean, I think... You're at a stage right now where you need to craft identity with these all three of these guys, and I think the best way to do that is to give him Edge, and and not 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 Adam Adam Copeland, <laughs> but to give him uh you know just a bit more of a I don't give a shit if you like me or not type of attitude. That's uh, that I think typically is how they build baby faces anyway, you know. So uh, I think it works better for them. Uh, certainly, 
you almost had a hint of that today with, uh, you know, a bit more of a cocky personality from Finn Balor. Um, yeah, I think they need it. And then let the fans turn them, which they ultimately will anyway. All right, that's going to bring an end to Rewind a Raw. Uh, we are going to get, uh, we are going to be back, I should say, on Wednesday with Rewind a Smackdown. Uh, so that's coming out Wednesday up at postwrestling.com. And for our members of the Post Wrestling Cafe, we will have our second edition of Rewind Away coming up on Friday, chatting. The Raw, the night after WrestleMania 29 in 2013, you can go to patreon.com slash post-wrestling. That's backslash post-wrestling. Thank you. Yes, backslash. No, it's forward slash, right? Um, shit, you're right, yeah. Yeah. Now I'm confused. It's forward slash post-wrestling, where you can sign up. All members will get that show on Friday. And as well, Sunday, we will have the... 2018 MMA prediction show with myself and Ariel Hawani. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. Very exciting. So that is coming up. I predict that everyone will enjoy it. And that is it for us. And final thing, Royal Rumble pool. We should have details Wednesday on Rewind to SmackDown. We're just finalizing that. There will be a pool and tune in Wednesday. All right. Goodbye. Come on. I'm coming. Get me out of here. No, you got to come together. Okay. Brock Lesnar obviously did not want to be transported to, to a local medical facility. Uh, Kane, as we mentioned, back to his feet, stumbling away. But it's, it's got to be considered a, just short of miraculous. Then Strowman went a little too far. I mean, I can't believe. Lesnar. A little. <laughs>